Welcome to Take Care. This is the podcast that helps you understand the background and habits of change makers. Host Rish Sharma and his guests give you the wisdom to help you learn a little more and get a bit better every episode. Hey everyone, welcome to the Take Care. Today's guest is Dr. Bobby Luca, New York City's premier dermatologist and contributing founder to First Aid Beauty, which recently sold to Procter & Gamble in 2018 for an estimated $250 million. He is also the CEO of the Dermatology Specialist, practice located in New York City, specializing both in medical and cosmetic skin issues. Welcome, Dr. Luca. We're excited to have you here. Thanks, Rish. I'd just love to start the conversation with you at the beginning and understand your backstory, what drove you to dermatology. Yeah, backstory, like like the elevator pitch of my life. Yeah, okay. exactly. Uh, nerdy New York City kid grows up to be nerdier adult. There, and see. Okay. okay. <laughs> no, I, I think I started off volunteering at some hospitals in the city and was drawn to the medical profession. I think it's a wonderful opportunity to help others it's rewarding. It's gratifying. There's some immediate gratification that's unique to dermatology. Mm-hmm. And I think it stumps me every day. I mean, just yesterday, I got a case that uh, I'm still trying to figure out. And that's unique, I think, in most professions to be challenged like that after you've been doing it 10, 15, 20 years. So that's why I love derm. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine, you know, somebody like yourself that's constantly being challenged by new and new problems and figuring out new and new symptoms. I'm sure it must be exciting. You know, I was looking on your website for your practice and you have a goal statement that I noticed that I thought was quite interesting. Understand your skin story, not your skin problem. What does that exactly mean? And kind of how do you illustrate that with your patients? Right. So it means that 10 out of 10 dermatologists know the pathogenesis of acne, you know, what causes acne. But until I get to ask you about you and your experience with your own skin, I won't know how to best care for you. So I I need insight there. I need to take a really detailed history. I need to know your expectations for your own skin. I need to know essentially your skin trajectory. And in that way, I can target your acne a lot more effectively. There's some patients that are taking supplements that unbeknownst to them are exacerbating their acne. There are some patients that flare before their menstrual cycle, and that's all relevant stuff. So if I walk in thinking I know about everything there is to know about acne, I'm going to miss a lot of important steps that are unique to you as my patient. So that's what I mean by a skin story, not just a skin problem. Okay. And what are are some of those questions or supplements that kind of you would refrain from people that have acne issues? Sure. A great example is Silymarin, which interacts with the estrogen receptor. So that's a supplement that some folks take for hair growth that can be feminizing and someone might not consider that that's contributing to papular postular acne. And I see, I noticed also on your website for the practice that you practice holistic skincare and holistic dermatology. How does that differ from somebody that might go to traditional dermatology? Sure. Yeah. You know, there's this crazy oil and water sentiment out there that Eastern traditional holistic healthcare does not mix at all with Western medicine. It's it's like World War One. You know, the, the functional medicine guys dig a trench on one side, and then the ivory tower faculty practice guys dig a trench on the other side, and nobody moves. So it's nuts. And each side says, "Oh, that the other guys are preaching heresy." Imagine how cool practice could be if we took the very best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's what we're doing at the dermatology specialists. You know, sometimes we'll use ashwagandha, sometimes we'll use dicloxacillin, and it doesn't mean that we're discounting or discrediting the entire 
other body of knowledge on the Western side or the Eastern side, but we're going to take the best from both worlds for the benefit of our patient. Always patient first, right? Yeah. I mean, not just in dermatology, but patient first in all fields. You know, there's this kind of older paternalistic view of healthcare where you walk in and the doctor tells you what to do. Oh, we don't practice like that. I never have. It's it's collaborative. It's, you know, how do you want to approach? Do you want to be on oral medications? Oh, no, you don't. Okay, let's try and do this just topically. Oh, you hate creams and you don't want to be on any hormonal therapy? Okay, let's try and do this from different vantage points. So there's a lot of give and take. And if we view medicine as a team approach with patient and doctor together on the same side, there's a lot less adversity there. And there's a lot less prescriptive medicine. There's more collaborative care. That's great. So I'd like to transition a little bit to some other ventures. Uh, So I'd love to understand kind of how your collaboration with First Aid Beauty came to be and kind of how that origin story was for you you and the company. Yeah. So um, my involvement with First Aid Beauty began when I was a resident in dermatology, learning about potential skin allergens and irritants in a majority of over-the-counter products. And I thought, okay, this seems too easy. I'll just make a cream without these things, without these mm-hmm. allergens. And I cold called a bunch of labs in New Jersey. And, and I finally <laughs> found someone to take me seriously enough to make like a test batch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was a punk kid. I had no money, but I wouldn't go away. And I finally found a, a group that would give us some samples at least to play with and see what's what's missing or what we've done too much of. And uh, at that point, I teamed up with a friend of a friend. She was a mother of five, and we launched a product called Dr. Bobby Skincare for Kids. Okay. And it was a disaster. <laughs> you know, she, she was a mother of five kids and had no time. And I was a medical resident also with no time. And so we just pitched it everywhere. We went to a ton of trade shows until we met a woman named Lily Gordon, who's my co-founder at First Aid Beauty, she was much smarter than both of us. And she came forward and said, you know, I'm going to take the formulas. I'm going to take Bobby, but I've got something in mind with a broader appeal. You know, let's not just make it pediatric. Let's open it up to a broader market for those adults with sensitive skin, not just kids. And Fab was born. That's a great story. It's always the failure before the great success oftentimes. And, you know, I was like, hey, can we still call it Dr. Bobby? And she said, ah, (laughs) Not a chance. So we changed the name, but it's a great line of products. I'm really proud of it. That's great. I'd like to also move into uh, another venture that I think you're part of, Prana Farms, and kind of understand that relationship as well. Sure. Prana Farms is a lunar farm in upstate New York. We started it in 2014, and it was a way for me to get personally a bit more conscious about the earth and also for the practice to be able to give back to patients. So All of the items that come from the farm, whether it's goat cheese or goat milk, or we've got 3,000 square feet of greenhouse where we go a ton of vegetables and an orchard where we do apples and chicken eggs, all of those go straight to our waiting room refrigerators uh, where we give this stuff away to patients for free. That's fantastic. And most of all, it was fun. And patients were shocked. They're like, wait, I'm coming to the dermatologist for skincare and I'm leaving with better skin and a carton of eggs. Talk about hospitality. (laughs) <laughs> she was like, usually I get some sparkling water and now it's eggs. So, and my involvement there ranges from harvesting stuff in the greenhouse. We do a, a lot of arugula there, milking goats. And it's just a different way to start my day. I mean, starting my day with a pail or a shovel in hand instead of my iPhone, uh, mm-hmm. for me, that's been really liberating. That's great to hear. To bring it back to the dermatology, why is skincare important? What are the benefits? You know, trying to convince somebody that isn't taking much care of their skin. What is the importance of skincare and what are the benefits? Skin is number one by any metric. 
I mean, it's the heaviest organ by weight. It's got the largest immune system. It's the largest metabolism of water. It's just, it's so predominant among all the organ systems. I'm not saying you don't need your heart. You do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the skin is just so inexorably linked to so many other aspects of our homeostasis, of our body balance. You know, it's because it's linked to the immune system and it's linked to metabolic functions and it's linked to cooling the body. And so it's a, the hub from which a lot of other organism systems draw from. And that's why it's considered in traditional cultures to be a window for so many organs, right? If your gut floor is off, check the skin. There's a yeast overgrowth problem, check the skin. So it's not that skincare is more important than any other organ systems. It's the most important. Okay. Thank you for going into that. If somebody wanted to now, let's just say it's 2020, it's the new decade. Somebody wants to start, you know, focusing on their skin. What is the number one thing that you would say to focus on for the long term in regards to your skin? Yeah. Number one thing to protect our skin, I've got three number one things. My first one is a boring answer, which is UV protection. I mean, countless data supports that sun gives skin cancer, ultraviolet light exposure gives skin cancer. So, and it ages you, it breaks down collagen, breaks down elastin. So wear SPF 30, even on cloudy days. That's the the sort of the rote dermatologist response. Mm -hmm. I think my two more interesting answers, one, gut flora support. We are finding better guts lead to better skin. This is probably an area of nutrition and diet that we've largely neglected on the Western side of medicine. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a tremendous opportunity to improve skin. My favorite and bias alert here uh, is Mm -hmm. skin pastilles, which is we created a 60-day superfood supplement for healthier skin. So you take one pill a day for 60 days and really helps bring out good gut bacteria, suppress some of the pathogens in the gut that we don't want, decrease inflammation, and make for a clear countenance on the face. So that's an important element to protect skin. And two, daily uh, use of a tretinoin-containing product. So there are prescriptive retinoids like Retin-A, for example, or tretinoin, Mm -hmm. and then there's retinol that you can get over the counter. If you can't make it to a dermatologist, at least find something that has retinol in it, and that helps the epidermis turnover in a really regularized fashion, normalized fashion, so that we can get brisk turnover without dead skin getting stuck in that transition from basal layer to stratum corneum, which is the top layer of skin. And, you know, that retinol, are you looking for that in some sort of a moisturizer? Is it as a, you know, serum? Is there a particular preference of for application? Yeah, it's typically in a, a moisturizer. One of the nice things about the First Aid Beauty 5-in-1 moisturizer that we did has retinol in it and also has SPF 30 in it. So we can be protective as well as uh, healing with the retinol agent. All right. And let's just expand that further. What makes a good skincare routine? You know, what products are included in that? How often should be using those products? If you could go into that a little bit. Sure. I think the makings of a good skincare routine have to include consistency. Like don't keep reaching for the next shiny bobble. Mm-hmm. Stick with the products that work for you. And my second one is a less common one, which is temerity. So like I want my patients to use one cream, one cleanser. They're going to penetrate beautifully into the dermis. If my patients are using three creams and three harsh cleansers, they have the potential of ruining it all in the well-guided attempt to supply more stuff to their dermis. They end up with agents that are not penetrating deep enough because there's a lot of other noise from the other agents that are going on topically. So you know, pick one thing that has a retinol in it with SPF, one cleanser. I think that's plenty. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for breaking that down. I'm sure the audience will be appreciated on that. So I'd just like to go back into kind of yourself. And so here at Take Care, we're a podcast that goes into the routines, habits, and rituals of change makers like yourself. 
So I'd love to get more in depth in understanding your morning routine. What does it look like? Yeah. How, okay. how it came to be? Well, yeah, well, I'll give it a shot. The skin pastilles that I mentioned, which is on Amazon. Mm-hmm. So making sure my gut's right. I use the Fab Cleanser, a super okay. gentle non-soap cleanser, and the Fab 5-in-1 moisturizer with SPF 30 every day. And that's it goes along with brushing my teeth and flossing, which okay. even though this isn't a dental podcast, tons of bacteria we're finding associated as super antigens for more inflammation in the body. So everyone's got a floss, not just because your dentist says so, but your dermatologist says so too. And then my one other completely unrelated item as a beard wear is something called OS Barbados Shave Company Beard Oil. Mm-hmm. Uh, really like the, the emollient effects of that particular product. No personal interest there. Just really like it. That's great. That's great. And uh, what does personal care mean to you? When somebody says that term, what does that mean to you? What does personal care mean to me? You know, for me, Rich, the body is is much easier than the mind, right? Like you get it on an exercise bike, you do the work and you see results. I think the mind is a trickier place, you know, and it's just as, if not more important to keep your mind right and healthy and positive. So whether that's like sitting with yourself, for me, it's sitting with and hearing family, you know, smiling at random strangers. Those are all things that work best for me in the personal care category. And I think those are the ones that are maybe the most difficult and most important to cultivate. That's great. Yeah. And final two questions. So What's one common myth about your profession or field that you would like to debunk that's out there? Common myths. Uh, okay, myth one, that dermatologists only get excited about patients who want cosmetic enhancements. We do those all day, but the things that are really challenging and thought-provoking are medical dermatology issues. Those are the ones that certainly get me most excited about coming to work. So myth one is that we're just glorified cosmetologists. And myth two is that the price of an over-the-counter skincare product is directly proportional to its efficacy. You know, there's been so many strategies of skincare products that price themselves at 150 bucks for four ounces. And just the price alone gets some folks to think, huh, more money must be better. Yeah. Um, So you can find all the basic fundamentals that you need and stuff that's 10 bucks at your local Rite Aid and CVS. Thank you. Thank you for debunking those. And just final question, where can listeners connect with you online? What would be the best place? Yeah. uh, Two places we talked about. One at the Derm Specs and two at Prana Farms, both on the gram. Okay. Both on Instagram. And just like to thank you very much for uh, being on the podcast. And of course, a pleasure having you here. Great. Look forward to next time. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. 